This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Friday, August 12th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how are you doing this morning? Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It is bright and early over here on the West Coast, 8 a.m., doing one of our live uh, shows, 11 o'clock on the East Coast for you over there. Uh, yeah, doing a, a live uh, podcast recording again for Friday. Um, yet again, good to see you. How's your, uh, how's your day going? Uh, it's, it's going well. Uh, already two articles into it. Uh, more to do in the afternoon, and uh, it's a podcast now. Yeah. Right on. So, yeah, we're going to look at uh, DFS stuff for Friday the 12th. And, of course, we have our live chat going as well. So uh, listeners can join us online and interact and ask questions and hit us up with things we can talk about during the show. Uh, Brad, since I talked to you a week ago or so, a few things. Uh, One is the departure of our pal Alex Rodriguez. And I talked to Matt about it a few times. But do you have any takeaway from this? Uh, I, I just thought he had such a weird career arc. Uh, especially uh, not so much on the field, but off the field and reputation-wise. Do you, do you have A-Rod memories? Uh, what do you, well, what's your A-Rod take, I suppose? You know, I never really was involved much with A-Rod. He's one of those guys mm-hmm. who most of his career kind of impossible to pick in a fantasy league. And when you don't really own him, uh, you're not really a Yankees fan like I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, to clarify, I'm not a Yankees fan. Or I'm one <laughs> of the guys who likes to root against them. You know, there, there wasn't too many opportunities to really get excited about him and root for him. And then, of course, you have all the, the ped issues. And I, I'm not someone who tends to blame players for using things that make them better. You know, it's you always know people who try to get around the rules. If you get caught, you, you own up to it. You live with the penalty and you know, hopefully you adjust in the future. You know, he's... Fallen off so quickly, though. Mm-hmm. You know, after last year, I thought he was going to be around a few more years, uh, you know, at least slugging homers. So it's a, it's almost a little disappointing to see him go uh, in, in that sense. But I guess the moral of the story is I don't have too many strong connections with him. Sure. Uh, I mentioned earlier this week, to me, it was just surprising how, for me personally, he went from being easily my least favorite player in baseball and I, like, watched, I guess, whatever the opposite of a heel turn is, where I decided in the last couple of years that I actually really liked him. It was fun to watch. If anything, he's not boring, you know? Even if you hate him, you're like, he made baseball more interesting. And, uh, yeah, I ended up rooting for him, especially through, you know, a lot of the stuff he was dealing with. And it was weird to me that if you told me five, ten years ago that I would be an A-Rod fan, I'd think that was crazy. And so it's too bad to see him go. Because I agree, last year he had almost this revival you know, like, oh, great, like, he's going to be an old slugger, and that's always really fun, uh, but fell off. And, yeah. It was the true dead cat bounce. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, the other thing uh, is uh, Prince Fielder also suddenly retiring, too, which I yeah. think some people had some hints at, but nobody really, uh, you know, nobody really expected that. That kind of came out of nowhere, which is uh, sad. It's too bad. He was not young, but he was he was young to suddenly get knocked out like that. Yeah, I've been comparing him to Carlos Lee for a few years now, and Lee just suddenly disappeared from the league, not really because of injury, more because his skills just completely deteriorated. Mm-hmm. And I think Fielder is a lot, pretty far along that same path already, uh, just the skills deteriorating, the, the body, the explosiveness. Uh, you know, I, I think you can carry that size for only so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too many guys can be like David Ortiz and last forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, it, I'm not surprised that it's happened. I'm surprised by the suddenness of it uh, in terms of just can't play anymore at all. Yeah. But that, that's really the only aspect. Of, I kind of expect him to be mostly out of the league within a year or two. Yeah. Um, okay. You got anything else before we get into this uh, Friday slate? No, let's get down to it. Yeah. Um, you also have a uh, the Daily Grind Invitational going. Again, there's a link on Twitter. There's a link in the post. If you want to play DFS along with Brad and a lot of other Rotographs listeners, there's a uh, link for that as well, which is a fun way to get involved. Um, okay, so looking at this at first, do you have any immediate takeaways? we got, again, basically a full slate. There's a, there's a day Wrigley game that we're going to ignore, not pay attention to that one, but... Plenty of others to pick from. Do you have any yeah, initial reaction to options for Friday? So the big thing to watch out for is weather. There's about six venues in the night 
group that probably about fifty percent chance for storms, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much all through the game time too. So that could kick in at any point. Uh, so you gotta keep an eye on all of that. Uh, look closer to game time to see which stadiums have kind of cleared up since the morning and which ones you know are just looking a little ugly for, and uh, you know act accordingly. The, the day's pretty pitcher heavy. Uh, there's some good aces and n- nobody really insane. I think Steven Strasburg versus the Braves is the only one that stands out as like kind of a ridiculously pitcher friendly matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from Strasburg and those other aces, there's plenty of good mid tier guys that you know, we rotographs types like, and uh, we'll get down to them later in the day. Uh, but that kind of limits your hitting options too a little bit. Yeah, and when it comes to weather, obviously that's super important, but. You know, part of doing this podcast, we're, we're hours and hours ahead of this stuff, so you're going to have much more information uh, as things get closer. But always keep uh, track of that, for sure, obviously, as it gets, as it gets close. All right, um, so let's start at catcher, as we always do. So for Friday, Brad, what are you looking at uh, behind the plate? I'll mention Jonathan Lucroy, just because I love the matchup against Anibal Sanchez. He's mm-hmm. the most expensive catcher on both sites, so I, I don't really foresee myself paying for that. I haven't set lineups yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, I don't really foresee myself paying for Lucre as the most expensive catcher. That yeah. uh, could happen, though. As I mentioned, there's some pitchers who are you know, both good and cheap, and if I decide to use them, I'll have plenty of money to spend. You want to go something a little more affordable. Uh, yes, money Grandal's uh, a bit cheaper. Uh, still very expensive on DraftKings at 4700 but very affordable at 3000 on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. And Grendel's up against uh, Ivan Nova. Just a lovely matchup. It's in Los Angeles, which is nice for left-handed power, a bit, bit plus for home runs. Uh, Nova's pretty pretty damn mediocre. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's not too many positive things you can really say about him at this point. Yeah. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's hoping they can you know, get something out of him that uh, the Yankees used to be able to get. Years right. ago, which they've done with other pitchers before, and his first start right. with him was okay. But with you, I don't think we have much faith in him. Go ahead and go pick on him for now. Down it towards the bargain bin, uh, Mike Zunino. If he's in, great, great season so far six yeah. home runs and like 67 plate appearances. Uh, he's affordable on both sites. Uh, the game is in Oakland, not a great place for power, uh, but still, it's fine. Uh, he's up against lefty Sean Maneo, who's a little bit homer prone. Mm-hmm. And uh, so could work in his favor today. Yeah, no, I, I love him when he gets a lefty. I think, you know, again, not, not pumped about Oakland, but that's a good matchup for him. Uh, I was talking about him earlier in the, the week, just that it's a former third overall pick. And, you know, he came up and was impressive for a bit and then had such a bad season and disappeared. And that's a guy not to forget about. You know, I'm not rushing out to grab him in my fantasy leagues or anything. But uh, definitely could have, you know, still a career ahead of him. Can hit lefties real well. Might not walk at all. But considerable power. So well, well, that's the thing about the walks. They when they sent him down, they told him, you know, work counts, get better at plate discipline, and he has. He's his AAA numbers were the best he's ever had in terms of walk rate and you know taking pitches, and it seems to have carried over through his first sixty whatever plate appearances. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got like a twelve point five percent walk rate. We'll see if that continues. Uh, but as long as he's picking out good pitches and doing things with them. He could stay at this level. I mean, not the 400 ISO. Obviously, that's going to have at least, but you know, still should be a good player. Yep. Any other uh, catchers stick out to you? Uh, those were the, the top of the list. Uh, you have your expensive guy, your mid-price guy, and your cheaper guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a few guys that get lefties that I'm at least looking at. Uh, Evan Gaddis is in a matchup against Francisco Liriano. Depending on your format, might might be a catcher eligible. Francisco Liriano has been walking the world all season. They're just having a real bad year. So Gaddis getting him uh, at least makes me interested, especially in Toronto. Uh, Sandy Leon just keeps hitting for the Red Sox. I don't yeah. know what's up. Um, and not only does he keep hitting, but he's definitely hitting lefties. And he gets Patrick Corbin. And he gets the D-backs bullpen. So if you want to pay for Sandy Leon uh, in a, you know, a great stack and whatnot, uh, that's a green light for me. Should be just fine. Um, and Wellington Castillo gets David Price on the other side. I like when Wellington Castillo gets a lefty. I don't know if I'm going to take him against David Price. Maybe in a smaller slate, I might think about fading that. But there's too many options here to, to make that um, really a favorite or anything. I don't know. Are you interested in Wellington Castillo at all? Yeah, I'd give him a shot. It's definitely a useful fade-type pick. Mm-hmm. 
David Price has been a bit homer prone this year, uh, contact prone in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, just seems like maybe he's making too many bat pitches, mm-hmm. and that, that, that seems to be what's really going wrong with his season, as far as I can tell, based on yep. the data. A bunch of times, that's really all I can see. Yep. Um, the only other catcher I wrote is Matt Weeders getting Matt Kane, just because even though Matt Kane's been good the last couple times out, I'm at least thinking about picking on him. I'll, I'll have some Orioles, assuming that he's, you know, been more like he has over the last year than he has the last start. He's been bad. So, um, all right, on to first base. Brad, what are you looking at at first base? So, first base group, uh, so I read, a, read an article. It's Vandal uh, Bargains. Uh, before I do this podcast, so mm-hmm. I tend to have a good list of cheap pitchers, or Perfect. excuse me, cheap hitters. And today's not really a good day for the first base crowd on the cheap end. Plan to pay on Fanduel at least. You can get Mitch Moreland for three thousand. He's forty four hundred on DraftKings. He's up against Anibal Sanchez. He's on fire right now. Something like eight home runs his last sixty something plate appearances. Okay. Uh, he he does this too. You know, this is not unheard of with Moreland. He goes on these tears and just annihilates posing pitchers. And so you know, I want to take part of this this uh, hot streak for him or just you know take advantage of a good matchup against Sanchez. Either way, he's a nice play tonight. Uh, part of that uh, that Rangers stack in general uh, should be a good group to go after. On FanDuel, I don't mind Freddie Freeman at 3,000. Uh, he's up against Steven Strasburg. It's not ideal uh, by any means, but at that price, I think if you're trying to get cheap hitters in there, mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason, you have an ace, you have an expensive stack, and you need to find some more affordable. Uh, Freeman's not a bad play; could hit a home run. Uh, that's really all you're aiming for. Up in the high echelons of the pricing, uh, Paul Goldschmidt. If you're going to Wellington Castillo, you should probably go false Goldschmidt too. Just go all out on that uh, the Diamondback stack and hope that it hits. You get it, you know, you're going to have a, a group of hitters who really weren't owned very much and should be you know, at least projected to be pretty productive today still. Yep. And uh, I also got... I was Go just going to say, yeah, I, I agree. David Price is good, obviously, talented pitcher. His ERA is 4-3-4. Like, he has his blow-up starts from time to time. Uh, he's hittable, yeah. you know. So, it, I, I like that he's, fade. He's I'm been making mistakes it. this year. Yeah. That's another way to put it. He's He's... Not not in top form by any means. Nope. I'm not all over D-backs or anything, but that is the kind of thing that can win you a GPP, you know, if that happens to break that way. So uh, I like that. Um, who else do you have at first base? So my other picks are against pitchers who I actually like today. Mm-hmm. Uh, either Mike Napoli or Carlos Santana. I like them both as options against Tyler Skaggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santana is a switch hitter, Napoli is a righty, so they'll both have platoon advantage against Skaggs. It's in Cleveland. It's not a good place for righty power. Hasn't bothered Napoli at all this year. He's hit plenty of home runs there. Uh, Santana, I think, shown more power from the left side if memory serves. Uh, either way, I think that's a viable pick, even though you know, probably not the the best option in the pool. And then uh, Edwin Encarnacion gets Joe Musgrove, who, again, another pitcher I really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Encarnacion is actually very affordable in DraftKings at 4100 uh, games in Toronto, which is a good pitchers, I mean, a good hitters park. And you also got a guy who bats in the middle of the lineup. I think he's leading baseball in RBI. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's obviously a key category for DFS owners. And it's, it's a good, another opportunity for some production here. Uh, it's pretty affordable price, even though the matchup's kind of neutral. Yeah. I agree. I have Musgrove written down. I'm kind of interested when we get the pictures. Yeah, talk about I like him a lot. <laughs> yeah, interesting guy. Um, any other first baseman for you? That about covers it. Um, the only ones I had you did not. Hanley Ramirez getting Patrick Corbin if he gets in there. Uh, him getting a lefty and again that deep backs bullpen. I, they've traded so many pieces away, and I just think down the stretch that the D backs are going to kind of fold in and be you know not very good. So I'm in on Red Sox. There should be a just fine. So I like Hanley. Um, I have Joey Votto getting Jimmy Nelson. I like Jimmy Nelson, but Joey Votto's just quietly been really good the last few months. I yeah. think he'll be fine. And the Brewers bullpen is nothing special. And then I wrote uh, Joe Maurer getting your down to Ventura. Joe Maurer is a very different type of first baseman than people are used to picking, but <laughs> it's been good. It's just an on-base machine, just one of the highest floors. It's, it's a rich man's Francisco Cervelli, you know. Uh, at first base, it's it's a it's a different type of player, but 
If you want him against Jordano, who I don't think is that great, I think that he would be fine. All right, on to second base. I had five names. Brad, what are you looking at at second base? So, top of the list, uh, he's expensive. Uh, Logan Forsyth against the lefty, Yankee mm-hmm. Stadium. Uh, CC Sabathia, and Sabathia's kind of had a big season at times. He's done fine against righties, and sometimes, at times he's looked pretty damn bad. So, uh, it's it's a, it's a risky play, I'll say, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because the Rays have shed half of their lefty mashers, Steve mm-hmm. Pierce and uh, Brandon Geyer. Uh, so it takes a little bit of, uh, a bit of the upside out of that lineup. Uh, you can still go after it. Uh, there's Forsyth. We'll get the Longoria in a minute, and I'm sure he'll prove popular tonight too. Either way, I think Forsyth's a good place to start. Also expensive, Jose Altuve up against Francisco Liriano. Uh, you know, he's just a fantastic player. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Murphy has Mike Fultonevich, who Fultonevich has looked good this year, and I think he could challenge Strasburg today, uh, make him at least work for the win. Uh, but I don't know about the Braves getting him run support. Right. Um, if if they get the Fultonevich, Murphy will probably be a big part of it. Yeah, and Fultonevich has always shown pretty strong splits. Uh, it was specifically a weakness to lefties. So getting yeah. a guy like Daniel Murphy in there, uh, I, I like that. I like picking on Fultonevich. A weakness to lefties and also a bit homer prone. Yep. So, and obviously it's something that's important for fantasy and DFS owners. Yeah, so I like that for sure. Also, like Rugnet or Dor, uh, part of this Annabelle stack that I'm going after full throttle today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think that'll be pretty popular everywhere, though. So think about either taking the less less visible Rangers or just fading it entirely. Yeah. Uh, you keep mentioning this, and I, I agree. I, I like picking on Annabelle. Last time out, he went eight innings, one run, ten strikeouts against the Mets. Are you flinching at all about his his good outing? No, no, he, he he still has stuff. It's not like he's a terrible pitcher, but he's definitely declined. Uh, so you you get these occasional good outings, and for the most part, I wouldn't really expect too much out of him. Yeah, the ten strikeouts is impressive, but the eight innings yeah. one run brought his ERA down but, to five eight eight, and his WHIP is still one five five. Like he's still bad. And, and the strikeouts haven't really gone away this year. It's just other issues in his profile that are really burning him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to give him credit for his good start last time out, but <laughs> I'm right there with you on picking on him. I, I'm not worried about him. So, yeah. Um, any other second baseman for you? Uh, there's several, but I think the last one I really like is DJ LeMayhew up okay. against Jake Thompson. Uh, a rocky stack is of interest to me today, even though it's in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was so solid, uh, high average, high OBP, some power, not really a lot. Uh, you're not really looking for home runs when you pick him. It's more trying to get a, a three-hit game, mm-hmm. uh, maybe some runs and some RBI if you're lucky. Yeah. Uh, so, again, he's a really high four play, uh, great for 50-50 type games. So uh, a little less upside for GPP just because he doesn't usually have those huge nights. Yeah, um, he gets Jake Thompson of the Phillies making his second start. Are you? Do you like Jake Thompson at all? Are you interested in him long term? Long term, yeah, I like him. Right now, I think he. I, I I had doubts that he was major league ready, even though he had really good ERAs in the minors. Mm-hmm. His stuff should be strikeout stuff. Like it's good. Uh, he's not getting strikeouts even in the minors, and that's telling me that he's not really using it effectively. Sure. Uh, he's probably just pumping too many pitches down the plate. Um, the the other thing it might tell us is that he sees himself as a contact management pitcher, kind of like a Kyle Hendricks. And that profile usually takes a couple of years to really catch on in the majors. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, interesting pitcher. I'm not all in right now, but I'm I'm at least interested for sure. Um, the only second baseman I'm had written down that you didn't mention is Ryan Schimpf getting Logan Barrett. Uh, Schimpf is one of Matt's favorites. Hits righties. Logan Verrett is a very okay pitcher. You know, he's not bad, uh, but he but he's not one to worry about. Do you like Ryan Schimpf at all? So yeah, I like him. He's a GPP only type pick, mm-hmm. and the reason for that very volatile. He's got like a two twenty one BAPIP, I think, mm-hmm. and that's luck neutral. It's not an unlucky BAPIP. He hits all fly balls, uh, some infield flies in there, ton of strikeouts, good walk rate. Uh, so you get a decent OBP, no batting average whatsoever, and then there's the power potential, and yeah. he's got good pop for his size. 
uh, that's still, a, you know, there's that caveat in there. He's not a 40 home run guy. He just doesn't have the physicality to do that over a season. Yeah. But he can, you know, he could probably get close to 30 home runs in a really lucky year yeah. and probably look at him as a true talent, 20 to 25 guy. Swinging out so, of the shoes. Yeah. So you can get those days where, you know, he has a home run, even two home runs. And that's what you look for in a GPP when he's cheap. Yeah. Is the lazy comp like uh, Jonathan Scope? Is it, you know, except left-handed, is it old Jed Jerko, just a second baseman who's not getting on base that much, but I might actually have some decent pop? I'm not sure that I have a really good comp for him. I was calling him uh, Jose Batista based on the batted ball profile, mm-hmm. a small left-handed Jose Batista. Sure. And, and the batted ball numbers do look like him, but I, I think the low low average really takes a lot out of what you can expect. Sure. It, it's there. There really aren't many major league players who play like him. Yeah. Um, still interesting though. So he gets Logan Verrett That's a GPP play. Uh, I'm I'm fine with him going there. Um, all right, on to third base. You mentioned Evan Longoria. He gets CC Sabathia. Um, I agree the Rays team looks a little different post-trade deadline. You know who it immediately reminds me of is uh, the Padres, who we talked about this week, who Padres lose Matt Kemp, Melvin Upton. They were kind of a lefty-mashing team a little bit, and all of a sudden not as many weapons against lefties. And now that uh, Jankowski and Dickerson are playing more, like kind of hitting righties, a little more neutral. Um, and, and the Rays are a little more, you know, not team to beat on lefties and just instead kind of a down-the-middle uh, offense. Um, that said, Forsyth and especially Longoria should still be able to handle a lefty, hopefully, in Yankee Stadium in Sabathia. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I like... Longoria's just having an awesome year, and I'm not worried about Sabathia. Not, and the Yankees' bullpen's a little good. Not, not terribly, but uh, I like that matchup for him, too. Where else are you thinking at third base? Because I actually did not have a ton of names. Uh, mostly I'm looking at just really good players and you know, hoping they make good on decent matchups. Uh, Nolan Arenado up against Thompson. If I'm going with LeMahieu, I probably want to get Arenado in there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe David Dahl and Charlie Blackman as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also look at Manny Machado in San Francisco against Matt Cain. Uh, mm-hmm. We've mentioned Matt Cain's looked better lately. Uh, Eno had some good words to say about him the other day in a Rotographs article, if you care to read a little more about that. Justin Turner's an option against Ivan Nova. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find myself not really picking Turner very often, even though he's having a great year, uh, mainly because his prices tend to be way above where I think they belong. Yeah. Uh, so he's 5,200 on DraftKings today. It's same as Arenado. I'm taking Arenado every day of the week if they're the same price. Um, yeah. Almost doesn't really matter with the matchups unless they're ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, in this case, they're pretty equal. Yeah, Arnado's not in quarters, but he is in Philadelphia. He gets a guy making his second major league start, and he gets the Phillies bullpen. So, yeah, uh, I, I like Arnado for sure, um, especially over Justin Turner. Yeah, I, I mentioned liking Enrique Encarnacion today against Musgrove, mostly because of run production potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, same deal with Judge Donaldson. You know, we have the home runs, you have the hits, but you also have a ton of RBI and runs, too, and those can be you know, sneaky valuable. Uh, in a DFS setting, it's not something we usually think about when we're picking our teams, uh, or at least it's not something we talk about as analysts very often. But it, it's definitely very important, and you know, that that Blue Jays group can really put together the runs mm-hmm. when they hit. I feel like um, Machado, Arenado, Donaldson are just studs that are... They all prefer yeah. lefties, <laughs> but pretty much every day there are places you can go at third base, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, and that's pretty much why I'm looking at them today. Kind of like first base, I don't really love the bargains, uh, but there are some of those good, expensive guys you can go after. Mm-hmm. Are there uh, any other third baseman for you? Uh, if you're thinking about going after Sanchez, there's Adrian Beltre, middle of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, figures to be a big part of that stack. Uh, you can go with uh, Younger versus Solarte against Logan Barrett, if you're thinking about some Padres. Uh, I've used a couple of Padres stacks lately. Uh, I've I've grown to really like that group as uh, called roster patching. Uh, they, they tend to be pretty cheap and still have decent production and uh, better lately than earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's affected their prices a little bit, makes them a little bit cheaper than I think they actually should be. 
there's Denny Valesic and Serial Miranda, which probably is the, the big one we've left out so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valencia, just huge numbers against lefties. Absolutely absurd. Uh, the one caveat I'll mention, I think three of his 14 home runs have come at home this year. Uh, so maybe uh, a little bit power depressed at home today against Miranda. Uh, still great numbers against lefties, uh, much cheaper than the other options out there uh, with his uh, offensive ceiling. So uh, if you're looking for a guy who can afford, it's probably him. Yeah, uh, I like that. I, I had him in the outfield. He's been playing a lot of outfield, but if he's eligible at third base, which he should be, uh, I like that too. Um, only third baseman I had you didn't mention is Martin Prado getting a lefty and Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon can be, you know, quite hit or miss, pardon the pun, just in terms of, you know, controls all over the place, but strikes out lots of people. Um, Martin Prado's boring, but definitely been hitting well this year and can, you know, rack up the hits against lefties. And the White Sox bullpen doesn't scare me at all. So would you consider Martin Prado more of a, a 50-50 type guy, a higher floor guy, but could get you some points, yeah? Yeah, he's pretty comparable to LeMahieu, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the numbers aren't too far apart and uh yeah as you mentioned nice 50 50 play uh the gpp ceiling's not really there unless he just has one of those four or five hit games which you know, they happen they happen as often as two homer games mm-hmm. uh so you can go that route too it's it's not what we usually think about when we're trying to get a huge night from somebody uh, but like i said they happen yep any other third baseman for you I think that covers it. Yeah, there's plenty. On the shortstop, I have five names. How's the uh, shortstop field look to you? Uh, it, it was all right today. It, it's always a little thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with the, especially with Story out, uh, I think Seager's day to day. Forget what it was that uh, he had going on. Yeah. So, if, bruised wrist. Yeah. If he's it's, in, he's, he's fine probably most days, still right? out. Yeah. He gets Ivan Nova if he's in. That's obviously an option. He's an option most days. Um, but you got to make sure he's in, you know. I, I'm not that worried about the risks, as, you know, if they're playing him, right? Right, right. If they think he's in, then I, don't know, I, I guess with the price that he brings, you want his hands and wrists healthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's a, a minor concern for me. Every time I try to read into things like this, I tend to be on the wrong side of it, I find. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, he, he he's bruised his wrist. He might need a couple of days. Like, oh, two homer game. <laughs> so I've kind of learned over time uh, to kind of trust the, the team's analysis more than just worrying about small injuries like this. Yeah. Uh, where else are you looking at shortstop? Uh, I think the other obvious one top of the pile is uh, Xander Bogarts against Corbin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bogarts hasn't hit too great lately. A uh, bit of a slump, and they've been trying to move him around the order a little bit to get him going. You know, if you're someone who worries about players in slumps, uh, this might be a case where he's worn down a little bit, too. It might not be worth paying the sticker price for Bogarts today. Uh, but matchup-level-wise, it's looking pretty good today. Yeah. So Gets a lefty, gets a D-backs bullpen. He's at home. I, You know, a great supporting yeah. cast. I, I I like him a lot, but you're, you're go, right. Go ahead and use him unless you're concerned that there's an underlying injury or something. Mm-hmm. Could be a thing. Um, do you like Francisco Lindor getting uh, Tyler Skaggs? Yeah, I don't mind it. I mentioned Skaggs is a guy I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lindor's obviously a very good hitter, middle of the lineup, a uh, good situation. The price isn't too bad, 4100 on DraftKings, which is quite affordable for his talent level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I do like Lindor today, uh, especially with the cost factored in. Yep. Uh, who else do you like at shortstop? Uh, Jonathan Villar is a nice one against Homer Bailey. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's at home. Uh, he's just very good. <laughs> yeah. The the only downside, I guess, is that he's not really a power first guy, and that, as I mentioned, you know, a couple of times throughout the show, it's generally the the profile DFS owners like to go after is guys who are going to hit them a home run. Uh, if VR, you need a multi-hit game, some stolen bases, maybe mm-hmm. uh, that's the best path to production. Um, yeah. Marcus Simeon has Ariel Miranda. Uh, he's got ten home runs and 107 plate appearances against lefties this year. Uh, definitely really good home run numbers. Uh, doesn't have Valencia's issue with hitting at home. He's got, I think, 10 or 11 of his home runs are come at home out of 23. So uh, not too concerned about the home road split there. And then uh, you know, tons of power against lefties. Downside is low average, low BK guy. So you're uh, looking at home run or bust, basically. Yeah, those, those are you covered all the shortstops I had. Were there anybody else for you? 
Uh, you can think about Korea, whose price has dropped a bit. He's up against a lefty. Mm-hmm. Uh, price is down because the numbers are just kind of okay. Uh, he does have three homers in his last three games. So, and by which I mean he's homered once in each of his last three games. Yeah. That that would be impressive if he had homers in three. Yes. Uh, so anyway, he he is showing signs of life recently, and the price isn't too bad right now. Again, it's Francisco Liriano, who's just, you know, had a real hard time this year. So I am in on that as well. All right, uh, on to the outfield. Tons of options, as usual. Plenty of places to go. 14 games of, of, you know, outfield options, but you need three. So, Brad, where are you looking in the outfield? Who's jumping off the page to you? Oh, name drop. Mike Trout, George Springer, Giancarlo Stanton. Those are the big names that you, you want to roster any given day if you can. I mentioned Charlie Blackman and David Dahl already. Love them against Thompson. Uh, digging a little deeper, I like Gregory Polanco against Ross Stripling. Uh, that's in Los Angeles. Uh, mentioned earlier, it's a good place for lefty power. Uh, Polanco's been kind of on and off the injury list. I'm not really mm-hmm. quite hitting the disabled list, but uh, struggling to stay on the field. Yeah. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Uh, and you know, go with your gut if you're worried about that injury being a uh, bigger problem. I did hit a homer the other day, so uh, I'm not too concerned personally. Mm-hmm. I can also look at uh, Nelson Cruz and Fran- Franklin Gutierrez up against Sean Manea. Again, that's at Oakland. Not a great place for power, but those are both two guys who you know, have a ton of excess uh, power potential. And especially, Gutierrez has been a little cold lately, but Cruz especially has been hitting well. Yeah, especially when they get a lefty, and Shamanaya has smoothed it out a little bit, but not a guy to worry about yet. I'm ready to pick on him. So, yeah, yeah. I love both of them for sure. And, and that Mariners offense is just so homer bust. It's it's a, it's a fun team to watch most of the time. That mm-hmm. You get those games where just, and they're against a pitcher. I feel like they should be able to hit, and they just aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always a little bit frustrating, I think, for fans and for just people who are watching in general like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it's an interesting team. Maneo could have a good day or you know, might really struggle against that mashing Mariners lineup. Yeah, um, I, I like them, but yeah, definitely a GPP-type offense. Um, are you thinking about Bryce Harper getting Mike fulton Because, you know, in April or May, it would have been all over it, but something's oh, not yeah. right, right? Yeah, something's not right. Well, you got that neck issue now. Uh, so in addition to whatever was wrong in the first place, he's banged up and a little stiff in the neck. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm probably out on Harper today. Uh, price has come down a lot, though, so he's affordable if you want him. Right. And I always say he has one of the highest ceilings in baseball. Like, it's not going to shock anybody if he pops off with three homers or something. But nope. sure hasn't done a lot lately for you. I can't, you know, I would, I'm not saying... You can't pick him, but sure wouldn't have a lot of confidence. So, you know, kind of go at your own risk there. Um, who else are you looking at in the outfield? Uh, Shinsu Chu and Ian Desmond finish off that Ranger stack. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Anibal Sanchez has been terrible against everybody, aside from that you know, latest start you mentioned. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy to use righties, lefties, anyone who's in that lineup. And, yeah, there, there, there's a deep group to be used there. Uh, I, I agree. I, I like them. So let's talk some more about Joe Musgrove, specifically Michael Saunders on the other side. Are you picking any Blue Jays outfielders against him? Well, if I'm going with Donaldson and Encarnacion, building a, an expensive infield out of Blue Jays, might as well parlay someone else in there. Uh, it would probably be Saunders as the obvious pick. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Um, the flip side, I really like George Springer getting Francisco Liriano. Springer getting right. lefty is a, a big one for me. Uh, and I, yeah, it sounds like you agree with me there. Yeah, definitely in there with you on uh, George Springer. Yeah, uh, huge producer, great GPP pick, moderate floor, very high ceiling guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, a lovely combination. Yep. Where else are you looking at in the outfield? A couple of athletics, Chris Davis, and then the guy who's probably very far under most radars, Jake Smolinski, often has a good role in that lineup. Uh, decent hitter, uh, good contact rates. If you're thinking about going with Valencia and Semyon and Davis, why not throw in Smolinski too? Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll get extra plate appearances and should be pretty unpopular. Yep. No, I like that a lot, for sure. Uh, we're, we're a big fan of Smolinski when he gets a lefty. 
Um, how about you, you picking any Marlins against Carlos Rodon? You know, Prado's the boring one, but if you want Giancarlo Stanton or Marcelo Zuna, a little more exciting. Yeah, yeah, definitely Stanton, and then Ozuna's a guy you can use too. Uh, it's it's always a tough park to be going after guys in for DFS. Uh, it's uh, a little bit hit friendly, uh, but definitely suppresses the home runs, so mm-hmm. that kind of skews the analysis in multiple directions. Uh, good for Prado, not as great for Ozuna, who doesn't quite have Stanton's power. Yeah. Um, we haven't picked any Mets against Paul Clemens, and I don't think it's because Paul Clemens <laughs> is good. It's just because the Mets are banged up. <laughs> Who but... do you pick out of that Mets lineup? It's brutal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's Curtis Granderson and... And Jay Bruce. Like, yeah, Jay Bruce is the other one. That's why I'm bringing that's... it up, is you can try and find some guys in that outfield. But, I mean, yeah, so Paul Clemens being going to start for the Padres should be exploitable. They're just not really guys to be excited about from the Mets offense. But if you want to go Granderson or Bruce, not exciting, but but doable, for sure. Um, I also wrote down those Padres guys I mentioned on the other side. Travis Jankowski, Alex Dickerson, left-handed guys, been putting up points. You like them getting Logan Barrett? Yeah, I like them plenty. Uh, they're on my list, too. Yeah. I wrote down a few Indians righties getting Tyler Skaggs. Rajai Davis, Brandon Geyer should be able to hit him. Uh, yep. I, I like Tyler Skaggs. We'll talk about him here in a bit. But are you thinking about either of them getting a lefty? Yeah, Geyer's pretty much an auto start, OPS over 1,000 against lefties this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just ridiculous numbers in general. Uh, the It's plate it's plate discipline driven. Uh, strikeout rates below 10% against lefties. Walk rates at about 8%. Pretty bad numbers against righties, so once you get to that bullpen, uh, the, the projection goes down a little bit. But again, the Angels' bullpen's pretty bad, so it, it's not too scary once they're in there. Yeah. Um, and also give consideration to Abraham Almonte, assuming he's in. Sure. The only other outfielders I had is just Baltimore outfield getting Matt Cain. You want Ken Sukam or Mark Trumbo or any of those guys. I, I'm not particularly buying a Matt Cain yet. Um, and so I think if you want to go Orioles, you can. Um, any other outfielders for you we missed? Uh, there's kind of like some mediocre type options, but uh, no one we really need to talk about at this yeah. point. There's uh, Josh Reddick, I think, is the last one I'll... Okay. Point out. Against yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's a good one. Uh, I, I keep saying on these big slates where you got so many options everywhere, there's no reason to take any players you're not at least halfway excited about. Nobody that's not intriguing, you know. Sometimes there's players where I'm like, oh, if, the, if it were seven or eight games, I could, you know, do that. But when you have this many options, you should be able to make a lineup that you feel good about, that you're actually at each spot. You're like, okay, this guy can do it. So I uh, don't, don't need to be scraping the barrel. Um, and then on the pitchers, you mentioned we got a lot of options, uh, some aces. Well, what are you thinking here in terms of pitching for Friday? Where, where are you immediately going with? So if you're someone who likes to sit at the top of the pile, uh, Steven Strasburg is obviously the best option. Mm-hmm. That's the Braves. Fantastic matchup. Uh, the I mentioned the only real downside for him is Fulton Evich has his good days, and you know, he's, he's a guy who's improving. I like his future, mm-hmm. uh, which... I wouldn't have said at the start of this year, uh, so he's really impressed me. That said, he's going to have a hard time keeping pace with Strasburg, especially with the Braves not supplying any run support. At least that's what we expect. Uh, you never know how the games actually turn out. Uh, sometimes it goes very strongly against narrative. Mm-hmm. The other guy, Yu Darvish, should have a really easy win against Anibal Sanchez. And uh, the only issue for him is that the Rangers probably taking it a little bit easy on him still. Uh, pitch count hasn't gone to 100 yet. I'm thinking maybe he's allowed to get up to that now, uh, but probably won't if they can avoid it. Sure. Uh, so you're, you're pretty much looking at a seven-inning cap. Good strikeout rate, though. Uh, Tiger's offense, obviously a, a tough matchup for him, uh, but Darvish's stuff uh, can still chew through them on a good day. So I, I do like Darvish, especially on FanDuel where the wind's so valuable. Price, I think, you know, that we've talked about using a couple – Diamondbacks against him. If he you know, handles a few of those guys, uh, the rest of the lineup isn't very scary. And another guy should have a pretty easy win against Pat Corbin, especially with all that run support he'll get. And then uh, the other big ace, Chris Archer, up against CC Sabathia. That's at Yankee Stadium, but another case where the Yankees lineup just, you look at it, it's, no one's really out there to scare you. No. The, so, the other day I suggested, yeah, the other day I suggested 
if you were feeling brave, Eduardo Rodriguez. And then in the, I, I can't give myself too much credit because I didn't personally take him and feel the streams because I could have, but I was like, yeah, it might go well though. I'm interested, not because I trust Erod, but just because the Yankees have been so bad. And he went out and had a one run outing and was awesome. Uh, the Yankees are, are, especially with a left-handed pitcher, I feel like the Yankees are kind of beatable right now. Um, yeah. Chris Archer could be okay. Don't love him in Yankee Stadium, but I think he's talented enough to be just fine. So Now, the fifth ace, and this is a case where I think DraftKings just really screwed up their price. Carlos Carrasco is 6900 on DraftKings, which is kind of absurd. It's 9700 on FanDuel, which is the correct price. Mm-hmm. So, almost a must-play must on DraftKings at that price. Uh, it's huge ceiling every day. Uh, Angels lineup is pretty flat aside from Trout. Yeah. They don't and, uh, strike out, but yeah, I, I don't care. Yeah. Cool holes were fine, but after that, you're not looking at too much to really worry about. So, yeah, DraftKings, Carrasco, it's the only drawback is it should be super popular. Yeah. Because that price is wrong. And so let's talk about that concept of if there's a guy that's a must play, um, but he's still good and, and at that price, you've, everybody's going to go with him. Part of you is thinking, I can't take him because he's so popular and everybody else is going to have him, uh, which I get because it's hard to get ahead when you're doing the same thing everybody else is doing. But if he does really well, which he certainly has a good matchup, if you believe in it, you also, at times, depending on how you look at it, can't afford to not be in on it as well, because everybody else will leave you in the dust if they'll get those points you don't, right? Um, so depending on how popular it is, I feel like, are you leaning either direction of whether you have to do it or have to not do it? It, it, it kind of depends on what else you're doing with your lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a, a lot of times, you, you want the whole lineup to be coherent, and a lot of times your decisions elsewhere can help decide what to do with these so-called must plays. I mentioned Brandon Geyer's another one just because of his numbers against lefties. You know, you're getting taken in our direction for whatever reason. Uh, I don't know, like maybe you're thinking about using Tyler Skaggs, for instance. Obviously, you wouldn't use Carrasco or or Geyer. And that, that would probably be the, the main instance where you'd avoid both those guys. Uh, you've decided that Skaggs is a good fade, should be unpopular, could outpitch Carrasco. It's not completely unheard of so you know the, the like i said uh it's, it's a lot about the narrative of your lineup what makes sense uh what makes it coherent mm-hmm. yeah I, I just feel like i you're right and that it's flexible and that's kind of what i was getting at too is that you shouldn't go oh no i can't go there because everybody else is and you shouldn't go oh i have to you know you can go both ways if you believe in the matchup and you believe in the price you should be able to to take it um, and yeah, I, I like that Carrasco one a lot. That's, that's, you know, especially at that price, it gives you a lot to do with your lineup and a lot of points to come away with. So what else are you looking at, uh, at pitchers? So those aces are out of the way. If you want to go with the big yeah. names, that, but, uh, a lot of mid round guys too. Yeah. Great second layer of players to go after today. Uh, John Gray is the most expensive of those up against the Phillies. Mm-hmm. It's another situation where I expect a very easy win for him against Jake Thompson. Being against a new pitcher, obviously there's risk that he you know, turns out a really good outing. The Rockies don't get scouting report on him, uh, whatever the issue might be. It's a volatile situation. Uh, but Gray's been so good this year, pitching at sea level this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's already handled the Phillies once in Colorado. I don't see why he wouldn't handle them again at home at uh, Philadelphia. So, yeah, that's one I like a lot. Uh, we talked about Joe Musgrove, another guy who... Quality pitchers already pitched well against the Blue Jays in a 4.1 inning relief appearance. Uh, racked up eight strikeouts and one hit allowed. Mm-hmm. So he's already shown he can handle that tough Blue Jays lineup. They're without Batista now, uh, so that's one more, one less weapon. Uh, you got guys like Junior Lake getting in the lineup every day now, or Daryl Cesoliani uh, is the other one who could be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got a few more easy outs to work with. And Musgrove's just looking really good, too. He's yeah. a command and control guy. Uh, decent stuff, not really anything elite in the profile, but really knows how to use it. And sometimes these guys take a while to adjust to the league, and sometimes they fit right in. They have already you know, know how to use their stuff well. And Musgrove looks to fit in that latter category right now. Yeah, no, I, I'm intrigued by him. I don't know that I trust him, but i definitely intrigued by him. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to have trust here. And this is a case uh, opposite of Carrasco. Uh, Musgrove's 8,300 on DraftKings. I'm probably passing at that rate. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's much cheaper on FanDuel at 6000 and that's something that really interests me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so are you thinking about Dylan Bundy? I mean, it's going to San Francisco, which Park is good for pitching. Not great, uh, you know, team to face, but goodness, he's been good. You know, that definitely kind of a post-type sleeper who, you know, everybody was excited about, then injuries kind of derailed his career, and they're having him start, and... So far, so good, it feels like. You know, strikeouts look good. Walks are nice and low. Uh, are you thinking about Dylan Bundy in San Francisco? Yeah, he's improved as a starter. His velocity has gone up. His stuff's looked better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I, I had a lot of doubts when they moved him over. Just based on what he was showing in relief, it didn't look like it could possibly translate to starting, and then he just got better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really like Bundy. Uh, jumped on the bandwagon. I'm one of the last of the Rotographs crew to do so, but... Uh, I'm there. I, I believe in him too. And, uh, yeah, like the matchup, uh, could end up with an easy win against Kane. The Giants lineup's been pretty flat lately. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot of mediocre players in there, and they're all kind of playing to their floors right now. Uh, so th- there's, there's a lot of ways for him to have a good day. Uh, the drawback is that they're a low strikeout lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it's, it's not a big issue for me. I still see seven, eight innings, six strikeouts, maybe couple runs allowed and a win yeah the only downside to see to dylan bundy is that he does not go super deep in the games he's only gone past six innings he he matched six innings last time out and was seven innings the time before that other than that he hasn't even got to six innings so might not go super deep for you but you know there's not huge day upside uh as much but good pitcher good matchup a decent matchup um but uh <laughs> yeah I, I like that as well um, are you thinking about Jimmy Nelson getting the Reds at all? Yeah, I don't have any objections to Jimmy Nelson today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the main thing, and this happens pretty much every Friday, because the slate's so large and you get good pitchers. You, you have to look for guys who have a pretty sizable ceiling. And with Nelson, that, that narrative's a little thin. It really has to go right for him to keep up with the the good pitchers of the day. Uh, so maybe a better pick on a site like DraftKings, where one he's forty nine hundred and two he uh, can be paired with like Steven Strasburg. Mm-hmm. He's my field of streams pick for the day. If you need a streamer, I have Jimmy Nelson. Matt went yeah. with the flip I like side. Him more for, I like him more for normal fantasy. Yeah, um, Matt went with the flip side. He went with Homer Bailey getting Milwaukee, who I don't have all my confidence in yet. But mm-hmm. uh, streaming against Milwaukee is always interesting because they lead baseball in strikeouts. They whiff all the time. Um, are you yeah. thinking about Homer Bailey at all in DFS at least? It's worth a thought and because mm-hmm. you mentioned you got the strikeouts. Uh, I, I think with Bailey, it's in our situation where the outing might not go too deep, and it's really hard to get a read on him right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Park's obviously very hitter-friendly, Miller Park. Uh, and the Brewers strike out. They also hit home runs. They also can put up some good offensive production especially from the top of that lineup mm-hmm. so it's it can go either way from the high risk high reward play yeah which is interesting in dfs you know for sure the only other pitcher i had written down uh which is not a lot of confidence but i'm always a little interested in kyle gibson kyle gibson is my favorite jekyll and hyde pitcher i don't think he's good but i think that because he has such bad outings, his price is low and the, like the interest is low. But he also has pretty good outings every once in a while. I feel like he walks in and is either on or he's off. And that's just great for DFS, where you're not worried about your ratios getting torched. You're not worried about this or that. And if you want to play GPP, where all you care about is finishing at the top, like, I like Kyle Gibson is interesting to me. Do you think I'm crazy? Are you interested at all in Kyle Gibson? You're not crazy, especially on DraftKings where he's 5,100. Mm-hmm. Uh, good second pitcher, uh, kind of same deal as uh, Nelson, where the story of how he gets to a big outing, uh, it's it's not too likely to happen, but he can get there. And the Twins let their guys go nine innings when they're on. Uh, so the, the complete game potential is there, too. Against Kansas City, uh, I think it's a fine matchup for him. Definitely a team that might just pound a bunch of balls into the ground, five strikeouts over eight innings. Mm-hmm. It could be a good day. Yeah, I, again, I don't have a ton of confidence in him, but he if you look at his game logs every once in a while, you know, even good matchup or bad matchups. He went to Boston, went like eight innings, one run. And I don't expect that again, but I, in a GPP, I think he's a great, you know, 
uh, again, I call him a Jekyll and Hyde pitcher, and, and sometimes good one shows up, and you can you know get some some cheap points there for sure. Um, were there any other pitchers for you on the slate? We ran down a bunch of them, but uh, you got all the ones that I was most interested in. Uh, Andrew Kashner is at least of some interest. Uh, it's not been good in his last outing, uh, Colorado, mm-hmm. and then he had a little relief appearance against San Francisco, which I think we can just throw it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not too concerned about the cores outing. It's cores happens, and he'd been looking pretty good before that. He's another guy, kind of a little bit hit or miss. Uh, Marlins will probably let him go deep if he happens to be on, and the White Sox are sometimes pretty flat. Um, you know, they have oh, their yeah. days, but they they also have long streaks of mediocrity. Uh, so you might be able to get away with a decent outing out of Andrew Kashner. Yeah. And then we talked about Skaggs, but not during this little pitching segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I like Tyler Skaggs a lot. He's a guy, good strikeout rates, good control and command, seems to have increased since coming back from injury. Right. Uh, good velocity. I, I like the overall profile. The matchup against the Indians is tough. Uh, especially with uh, Carlos Carrasco on the other side. I'm mainly thinking about him as a fade, someone who most everybody in the field should be ignoring because of that Carrasco price uh, in DraftKings. And then uh, on FanDuel, even still, you should have most people ignoring him because of other options out there. Yeah, and if, and if he uh, comes out on top, he, he does well and Carrasco does poorly, that's a bunch of net points both directions. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I like that as a fade also. Interesting guy. Not a great matchup, but talented enough to have the potential to get through it, for sure. Yeah. Uh, if you have Tyler Skaggs, you should probably have Mike Trout in your lineup. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, that should do it for us for options on Friday. There are a ton to go through. Let's take a quick peek at the weekend, because there's a lot going on this weekend. Um, I wrote down Field of Streams options for Saturday for Matt and I, and these are all guys you know less than 50% owned that are interesting. And I have... I, I, don't want to count at least a dozen uh a bunch of names that i thought were like at least kind of interesting there's a i do a similar thing for daily grind and it's a lot of options tomorrow a lot of stuff going on on saturday um let's see luke weaver's making his debut for the cardinals it's kind of interesting unfortunately he does it in wrigley uh good luck tyler anderson's going to philadelphia yeah tyler anderson's a green light away from Coors, right getting the phillies oh yeah he's a green light in course too it's interesting, for as long as the Rockies have existed, they've gone about trying to get ground ball pitchers. Mm-hmm. Tyler Anderson's one of those spin rate guys, like Rich Hill, gets a lot of fly balls mm-hmm. and controls the quality of those fly balls. And I'm thinking that might be a better profile for course, even though you know there's a lot of space out there. You get an athletic outfield like they have. I, I think that's probably a smarter way of, going about the pitching stack. Mm-hmm. They already got hitters trying too hard to hit home runs because they know they're at cores. And you know, Anderson's really taken advantage of it this year. Uh, I really like what they've done with that. And, yeah, I think you can use them anywhere. Uh, Philadelphia, too. Yeah. Um, I also wrote down Matt Shoemaker goes to Cleveland. He's only 48% owned. That's too low. I still – every every time he comes up, I'm like, is he still not that owned? Like, how can he you – know? <laughs> Uh, his ERA sits at 407. Yeah, his ERA sits at 407. He's better than that. I trust him more than that. Indians matchup is okay, but uh, that's under-owned for sure. I mean, I, I picked out of a lot of options, a lot that I like, including Tyler Anderson. I have Brandon McCarthy. He's under 50% like owned for some reason. He gets Pittsburgh. I, I believe in that. Matt is taking uh, Adam Conley against the White Sox. It, as a White Sox fan, I think he's just picking on his own team, and I understand. I think that that's fine, too, in Miami. Um, I mean, Zach Davies gets the Reds. I'm okay with that. Dan Straley on the other side getting the Brewers. That's kind of an interesting mid-round matchup between those two. Yeah, what's sticking out to you on Saturday? Anybody you haven't mentioned that, that you're at least either for DFS or just for baseball watching? Uh, anything look good to you? I think you can use Jared Eikhoff on the opposite side of that uh, Rockies game. Mm-hmm. You know, he's pitched fine. He has his rough days, uh, has his really good days, too. And that's that's kind of the risk with him when you're taking him off the wire is he's a little, uh, as you mentioned with some other guys, Jekyll and Hyde. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know quite what you're going to get that day. Uh, the end of season line is not going to be too bad. Uh, but taking him start by start can be risky. Yep, and he gets the Rockies, who, other than Nolan Arenado, don't have that many scary right-handed bats, honestly. Yeah, 
No, it's not too bad. Uh, there's not scary right-handed bats. There's uh, you got Carlos Gomez out, so the left-handed bats aren't that bad either. Mm-hmm. It's a decent matchup. Uh, Reynaldo Lopez is coming back to the majors supposedly. That's uh, not official, I don't think yet, but that will be a matchup against the Braves, assuming it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm interested by that. And then uh, Matt Andresi up against the Yankees. That's against Masahiro Tanaka. So it should be a fun game to watch. And that Yankees lineup is just not good. You like uh, Matt Andresi a little bit? Or do you just yeah, to pick on I like him fine. Uh, it's not someone I'd use in DFS just because he has trouble even getting to five innings. So streaming him can be a little... Uh, temperamental even if you're looking for a win mm-hmm. uh, but you get good ratios out of them at least yeah um and then let's go ahead and peek at sunday as well um matt and i are both in on another rockies pitcher going to philadelphia tyler chatwood uh should pitch fine away from cores as well um well i'm surprised how many of these rockies guys are at least a little bit interesting right every once in a while we kind of flirt yeah. with rockies pitchers and go maybe like you're like i squint hard enough i can like a rockies pitcher and i think we're doing that again this year there's some interesting Guys, including Chatwood, right? I'd have to go through and actually calculate it, but I think Rockies pitchers have been my most profitable team, mm-hmm. like pitching wise this yeah, year. I could see. Like, that. I've gotten several good outings out of John Gray, several good out of Anderson, and a couple out of Chatwood too. Yeah, that I've gotten with them. All Even right. at Coors Field, I've used them and really gotten away with it. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the thing sticking out to me on Sunday. Also, uh, Brett Anderson showing up getting the Pirates, and it's. Good to see him pitching. I'm interested in that uh, for the Dodgers. He gets the Pirates. You know, I'm not all in uh, DFS-wise or anything, but I'm at least interested. And then um, A.J. Griffin gets the Tigers, and A.J. Griffin is just, you know, get, sticking around because he's been good against righties but struggled with lefties. But that lineup is mostly righties. Would you yeah, ever Would you ever consider uh, A.J. Griffin against the Tigers? There's downside for sure. It's a Sunday. It's a desperation day for H2H owners. Yeah. If you need someone, yeah, I'd, I'd do it. As a roto owner, I'd be pretty pretty worried about it. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, it could blow up on you for sure. But if you're playing DFS or, like you said, head-to-head where, you know, if he gets knocked for seven runs and it's not, it's going to erase by Monday, uh, then, yeah, because there's a chance he can go seven innings and be okay. So I'm at least interested in A.J. Griffin versus the Tigers, which is something most people would not even think about. Any, anything else to get after you on Sunday that you're looking at? It's not a terrible, fascinating day based on the uh, <clears throat> based on the pitching matchups. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll probably want to get eyes on Marcus Stroman again. He's looked a little bit better lately. Mm-hmm. He's got a tough matchup against the Astros, so it should be a good test of his talent. Yeah, and Chris Sale starting for the White Sox is interesting. Zach Greinke is supposed to go to Boston. Uh, for the D-backs. Yeah. There's some interesting... That, that sale matchup could have been against Fernandez. They bumped him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would have been good. Um, okay. Well, that should about do it What for us uh, through the weekend as well um, and for all these Friday picks. Um, Brad, you got anything going on this weekend? Anything we should be keeping an eye out for? I don't think so. Uh, got, got a game on Saturday. Uh, that's, that's about it. Um, yeah. I have a... I've reached base in my last six plate appearances, so oh, i got to keep that streak alive. Is uh, anybody else monitoring this on base streak, or just you? <laughs> just me. Nobody's aware. They're, they're not keeping an eye on it. Um, yeah, uh, that, that's good. Well, well, Brad is on Twitter, at BaseballAteam, so you can follow his on-base streak, as well as his writing about DFS, about uh, about all kinds of fantasy stuff, about... It's, it's about uh, Keeper League time, right? So when starting talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely getting a lot of questions about Keepers. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, stretch run type stuff in general. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. And it's, it's always tough to... When you got like... The H2H season, there's like four or five weeks left before mm-hmm. playoffs, depending on how you have it set up. And so it's always... A little nail-biting to think about trading a really good player who's cheap and keepable for uh, win-now type parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gotten an offer, uh, Edwin Encarnacion, and a second player for uh, Max Kepler, who's seven to keep. And the other two aren't really keepers. And my, my team's kind of on the fringes of contention. I need a lot of things to go right to get into the money for the yeah. regular season. But it's head-to-head, uh, head, so... Yeah, I can contend in the postseason i have a good team for that mm-hmm. uh but i don't know if i want to give up a seven dollar kepler he's a guy i really like the way he adjusts yeah 
The head-to-head, I've said this a lot, that head-to-head is not superior. Roto is superior. Auction auction Roto is kind of the, the gold standard. But I like being in a head-to-head league every year because it'll... Every Sunday, you'll be watching the thing and, like, worrying about it. I had one a few weeks ago where, like, a Sunday night baseball Robinson Cano homer went me from a, uh, got me from a loss to a win. And, I, you know, I just that would never happen in Roto. Or at least maybe, you know, very down-to-the-wire rare. But to be able to do that on a Sunday night baseball game and actually, like, have it matter a lot was really fun. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why you play head-to-head is that kind of stuff. So, yeah, getting down the playoff time for that is, is scary. Anyway, yeah, Brad is on Twitter, at Baseball18 for Dynasty Talk, Keeper Talk, DFS Talk, all, all kinds of stuff. I'm on Twitter at HigginsFOS. I'd uh, love to hear feedback about the show and uh, any fantasy questions you got. Um, we, we like to talk fantasy. It's what we did for the last hour and what we like doing, so tweet at us. Anyway, that should do it for us. For Brad, I'm Dylan. Uh, good luck with your picks, and have a good weekend. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit Fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.